Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Grace Church. Let's turn to number 402 in the hymnal. <clears throat> Faith is the victory. Let's all come and worship our Lord. Would you all stand up with me? Faith is the victory, 402. Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies. Against the foe in veils below, let all our strength be hurled. Faith is the victory we know that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory, faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. His banner over us is love, our sword, the word of God. We tread the road, the saints above, with shouts of triumph trod. By faith they like a whirlwind's breath swept on o'er every field. The faith by which they conquer death is still our shining shield. Faith is the victory, faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. On every hand the foe we find drawn up in dread array. Let tents of ease be left behind and onward to the fray. Salvation's helmet on each head with truth all girt about. The earth shall tremble neath our tread and echo with our shout. Faith is the victory, faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. To him that overcomes the foe, right raiment shall be given. Before the angels he shall know his name confessed in heaven. Then onward from the hills of light, our hearts with love aflame will vanquish all the hosts of night in Jesus' conquering name. Faith is the victory, faith is the victory, oh glorious victory that overcomes the world. Oh glorious victory that overcomes the world. There we go. I just wanted to hear you. Sometimes I can't hear you with the music, so every now and then I like to hear you. Okay. You may be seated. Dr. Foster, an elder here at Grace Church, is going to come and lead us in the reading of God's Word and in a word of prayer. What a deal. Our reading this morning is Psalm 67. Let me get my glasses on. Oh, there you are. Psalm 67. God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you will judge the people with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded 
It's produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. So let's pray. Our Father, we come to you this morning once again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for being our God and for loving us and for the greatest evidence of your love, even the Lord Jesus Christ, who loves us and gave himself for us. We ask now, Father, you might be pleased to bless our pastor as he breaks the bread of life to us this morning, that you would enliven your word, that the Holy Spirit might be here amongst us today that your people would be edified and the Lord Jesus Christ would be glorified. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, in the car on the way here this morning, I was listening to <clears throat> Moody Radio, and Dr. Erwin Lutzer made a comment. <clears throat> he said, well, we're about, they were about to sing another hymn, and he said, we have another opportunity here in just a moment to worship our Lord. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, that's a, that's a good thought. All because we're singing doesn't mean we're necessarily worshiping. So, Father, please bless our hearts today, help our weakness, and let our hearts commune with you in worship and praise as we sing these songs. Number 21, we gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. <clears throat> a good Thanksgiving hymn. We gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. He chastens and hastens His will to make known. The wicked oppressing now cease from distressing. Sing praises to His name. He forgets not His own. Beside us to guide us, our God with us joining, ordaining, maintaining His kingdom divine. So from the beginning, the fight we were winning, Thou, Lord, was at our side, all glory be Thine. We all do extol Thee, Thou leader triumphant, and pray that Thou still our defender wilt be. Let Thy congregation escape tribulation, Thy name be ever praised, O Lord, make us free. We are blessed. We're going to sing about it. I think many of you probably know this song. If you don't, just follow along with us. I may have to use these screens back here because the sun. <clears throat> we're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed. We are blessed. The Lord is our God and we are blessed. We're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed. We are blessed. The Lord is our God and we are blessed. We're blessed in the city, we're blessed in the fields. We're blessed when we come and when we go. The fruit of our body and the fruit of our ground. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. We're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed. We are blessed. The Lord is our God, and we are blessed. We're blessed.
blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed, we are blessed. The Lord is our God and we are blessed. We're blessed in our business, we're blessed in our homes, we're blessed in our nights and in our days. We triumph over enemies, He hears us when we pray. The Lord directs and blesses all our ways. We're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed, we are blessed. The Lord is our God and we are blessed. We're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed, we are blessed. The Lord is our God, we are blessed. God is our Father, we are blessed. Jesus is our Savior, we are blessed. We're led by the Spirit, we are blessed. Amen. Yeah? Amen. Can y'all sing the chorus with me one more time without the music? Let's hear, let's hear our voices sing. We're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed. We are blessed. The Lord is our God and we are blessed. We're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed. We are blessed. The Lord is our God and we are blessed. Amen. Amen. That's a good one if you're gathering with family. I don't know. I'll just break out in song probably. Maggie and Abby and I will just break out in song. We'll start singing that. Y'all can do that too. 314. Let's sing one more hymn. I am thine, O Lord. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice. And it told thy love to me But I long to rise in the arms of faith And be closer drawn to thee Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord To the cross where thou hast died Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord to thy precious bleeding side. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, where thou hast died Draw me nearer, nearer, nearer Blessed Lord To thy precious bleeding side Oh, the pure delight Of a single hour That before thy throne I spend When I kneel in prayer And with thee, my God I commune as with a friend Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord To the cross where Thou hast died Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord 
my precious bleeding side There are depths of love that I cannot know Till I cross the narrow sea There are heights of joy that I may not reach Till I rest in peace with Thee Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord To the cross where Thou hast died Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord To Thy precious bleeding side you all have a wonderful week and a great Thanksgiving. I forgot that Todd's got to come up and do announcements, so he'll come and do those real, real quick. I don't know what that says about a son-in-law who forgets their father-in-law, but we'll talk about that after services. <clears throat> it's good to see all you here at Grace Church, and those of you who are watching via the internet, we're glad to have you with us. <clears throat> we want to mention a few prayer requests now and ask that you continue to remember Wally Haddon. He's, he's doing fairly well. He's thinking well. He's talking well, but certainly he's lost a lot of weight, and he's not eating well, so let's continue to remember him. Also for his wife, Mary. We also want to remember Shirley Murphy. She was readmitted to Williamson Medical Center this past Friday with flu, so she's quarantined. She is in room 616 if you want to give her a call, and let's pray that the Lord might raise her up. <clears throat> she, uh, because she's quarantined, obviously she can't have visitors at this time. Becky Smith is home. She's not feeling well. Let's remember her, and also her mom is scheduled to have surgery on November the 29th. Let's continue to pray about that. <clears throat> My wife and, uh, and my sister-in-law, Diane, both have a co-worker whose father-in-law suffered a major uh, brain bleed and is in hospice care, not expected to survive that. So let's remember him and the Brown family. <clears throat> also, Patricia Jackson, we want to continue to remember her for her upcoming surgery on her lower extremor, extremity vascular surgery. <clears throat> for Calvin and Judy LePetri, let's continue to remember them and uh, give them a call. I know they would be encouraged by it. <clears throat> We want to pray for Mike Jenkins, who lives out in South Carolina. He has been diagnosed with esophageal cancer. <clears throat> a lot of his family watch our services, and we certainly want to lift him up before the Lord. <clears throat> we also want to remember Cheryl Cothran's niece, Claire Edwards, who is undergoing chemotherapy treatment. <clears throat> Continue to remember Carolyn Batt, Marie Dalton, who I don't see here today, Gladys Alquist and her son, Paul Osborne, who continues to minister to his wife, Diane, and also for Howie, who is attending college while also serving in our military. And then we want to remind you that if you worship here at Grace Church and you want to support the ministry here, you can place your tithe and offering in the offering plate located on the round table in the foyer. And also, if you want a copy, whether you're watching via the Internet or you're here locally and want a copy of any of the messages, we offer them free of charge on both DVD and CD. If you're here, you can fill out a slip and put it in the offering plate or I'm sorry, in a box specifically that purpose, Lord willing, it will be ready for you the following Sunday. And then, of course, if you're watching via the Internet, you can send us an email, or you can also download many of those sermons from any of the three platforms that we operate on. And finally, Bob and Wendy Smith have sold their house in Florida, and they're going to be relocating back here to Tennessee. <clears throat> and they expect to be back here by January. So let's continue to pray for them as they, as they search for and relocate back here at home. Any other announcements that I have not been made aware of, Ms. Pam?
Okay. Okay. So if you have a mask, you can visit Shirley now. So keep that in mind. And also, he was just mentioning in the prayer this morning that Wally and Mary certainly could use your visits as well, and certainly your calls if you're unable to go by. So let's continue to lift them up before the Lord. Thank you. All right, how many of you noticed this podium up here this morning? Okay, well, you're more observant than I thought you would be. Uh, there were some folks that I talked to, some, some men. We met together, had some breakfast, some of us did, and I brought three of them out here. And uh, a couple of them said, you know, I would never have even noticed it. I think it fits in beautifully with everything we've got here. It's, it was uh, masterfully done. And it's on wheels so that if we have a baptism or something other, some other activity up here, we can easily move it over there out of the way. So we thank the Lord for giving uh, Joshua a, a, a podium here to lead the singing with. And uh, I tell you, uh, Josh, where is Josh now? I don't think he, did he walk out? Well, I'll save the announcement to when he's back in here then. Uh, I wanted to say that I, I liked the arrangement this morning. I think it'd be good to sing several hymns before we have uh, any announcements. All right, we're going to sing. We're going to try to sing. Lynn, if you want to help me, or you, want to, you want to stay down there. You need to come get your microphone up here. We're going to try to sing an old hymn. It was done actually back in the Civil War, and it's called My Hiding Place, Okay. Uh, some of you've got you got sun in your eyes. We have that problem here. We should have made them shift this building a little bit when they built it, but the sun will pass over in just a few minutes. Let's uh, stand together with me. Some of you might remember this old melody, and you may not. Okay, give me a call, Chuck. Hail, sovereign love, which first began the theme to rest to fallen man. Hail, matchless, free, eternal grace that gave my soul a hiding place. Against the God who built the sky, I fought with hands uplifted high. Despise the mission of his grace, too proud to seek a hiding place. Enwrapped in thick Egyptian night and fond of darkness more than light, madly I ran the sinful race of girl without a hiding place. But thus the eternal that man I felt the arrows of distress and found I had no hiding place indignant justice stood a view to shine as fiery mount I flew but justice cried with a frowning face this mountain is no hiding place Along a heavenly voice I heard, and mercy's angels soon appeared. 
up a little bit I think maybe it's a little bit low they never found the author of that song but it was found on a dead soldier who fought in the Civil War so that's how old it is and it certainly tells the truth about the gospel now I thought I had one up here let me see if I have one stuck in my I do we have a new track we have a track out there called in Christ and out of Christ we have one called Famous Dying Words, has famous dying words of unbelievers, dying words of believers, and a word to those who are living. And we want you to take those tracks and give them out. You can drop them in bathrooms, you can give them to your neighbor. But here's a new one here, and this, when you look at it, it says, What the Law Demands, and you open it up, and it says, Grace Freely Gives. Now, this is a picture of the sinner running to Christ, and Moses is standing there with the table of the law to hit him with it, and Christ has his hand stuck out at Moses and says, no, he has come to me, and so you can't do anything with him. You can't have him. It's a great track. When you open it up, it has what the law says. I'll read you just a few of them. The law says, do and live. Grace says, live and do. The law says, make thy heart new. Grace says, a new heart I will give you. The law says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Grace makes us love him because he first loved us. The law sanctified without making holy. Grace makes us holy, makes all the sanctified holy. The law demands holiness. Grace gives holiness. I won't read all of them, but this is a good track. People today don't understand law and grace. And we have some back there. We had a thousand of them printed. And uh, they're not just for, only for you to read, but pick up some, give them out, pass them around. They have an address of, uh, on the back that says Grace Church at Franklin, so you can mail them. Uh, you can fill out an address and mail them to people. So let's, uh, let's prayerfully use these uh, to spread the good news about the gospel. Yeah. Uh, anything you need to say, huh? No, I'm just glad to be here. <laughs> No, I was thinking about the faithfulness of God in even printing these things because uh, I, I ran into some ladies. I met, a, met one in Cracker Barrel, and I met one up at Andrew's Cadillac having oil changed. And God just purposed our cross past. In fact, I thought they'd be here today. 
They are so looking and hungry to hear a chur- uh, the gospel. They're so tired of all the smoke and and uh, <laughs> all that stuff that goes in on all this church. They call it church. And uh, I didn't even ask them about it. They started telling me about it. I'm so tired of this. Uh, one man said that you enter a black building with white smoke blowing up. And he said, that, he said, I just can't worship that way. And I said, I understand. I said, come out, hear the word, hear the gospel. But God purposes you to be at a certain place at a certain time to talk to certain people and certain needs. So be aware of that. You're, you're on an appointment. You're, you're, on, you're on duty, you know, to get up in the morning, like Nelson used to say, get up, show up, and what else? Dress up and show up. That's what he always says. So you're not just out there just floating around in the air wondering what you're doing today. I said, you are there on purpose. And uh, the other lady was in uh, gospel music, and my goodness, uh, she and I just hit it off really well. You know, we just talked and talked and talked and talked. And, and I told her, and she told me, you came in here on purpose. I said, my ears perked up. I said, really? <laughs> I love it when God meets you right with somebody. So anyway, pray for Shirley Murphy. God's faithful, and she's, she's hanging in there. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see how she gets out. Huh? Yeah, Shirley's weak. She's she very weak. In, and she was diagnosed with flu, which she doesn't need. Uh, but she's doing, I think, as well as can be expected. So pray for her. We want her to return home, uh, at least back to the NHC when she can. I'd like for you to open your Bibles this morning, just to let you remain standing. And we're going to read uh, a few passages of Scripture, but our main passage will be Psalm 136. I'll have more to say about that in just a moment. Let's ask the Lord's blessings on our study of His Word this morning. Father, I stretch my hands to Thee, no other help I know. If I withdraw myself from I want you to first open your Bibles, and if you can't find these passages, we're going to have them on the screen for you. The main passage will be Psalm 136. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But the first passage I'd like for you to look at is 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 41. If you can't find that, it's going to be up on the board. 1 Chronicles chapter 16. And verse 41, this is what it says. It says that David appointed men to lead the congregation of Israel in praise to the Lord. And he used the hymn, 
that we know as Psalm 136, which we'll get to in just a moment. But look at this in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, and in verse 41, and with them Heman and Jeduthun and the rest that were chosen, who were expressed by name, to give thanks to the Lord, because his mercy endureth forever. This was when David was planning to build a temple, and he appoints some people to lead the congregation in singing this hymn, His mercy endureth forever. The second passage that we're going to look at is 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. We'll have that on the board for you also. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And this is when Solomon is dedicating the temple to the Lord. And it says in verse 3, And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement. Can't you see that? This huge congregation. And the glory of God came into this house. Look at verse 2. The priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. There was such glory that they couldn't even stand. They all fell down on their faces in praise to the Lord. And it says in verse 3, When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the, upon the pavement, and they worshiped and they praised the Lord, saying, He is good, His mercy endures forever. Last passage before going to Psalm 136 is Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. There's a king named Jehoshaphat, and he is about to lead his people, his army, out to war. And the army that's coming against Jehoshaphat's army, there's so many of them you can't count them. And Jehoshaphat and his people are going out to fight them. And Jehoshaphat gave an order to his army. He said, when you go out to fight, I want you to go out there singing. And what are they going to sing? They're going to sing Psalm 136. If you look at 2 Chronicles and look at verse 21, 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, that is the king, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Couldn't you see the army of the United States going to war somewhere and singing that? Well, today in the United States, they are prohibiting troops from even having Bibles. They're prohibiting our troops from even having Bibles. And you check that out yourself if you don't believe me. Turn to Psalm 136. I'm going to let you sit down in a minute. <laughs> Psalm 136. 
I'm going to read the entire psalm, and I want you to say, For his mercy endureth forever. You got your Bibles? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. Are you guys saying anything? Say it like you're worshiping the Lord. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever, and made Israel to pass through the midst of it. For his mercy endureth forever, but overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. For his mercy endureth forever, to him which led his people through the wilderness. For his mercy endureth forever, to him which smote great kings. For his mercy endureth forever, and slew famous kings. For his mercy endureth forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever. And gave their land for a heritage, for his mercy endureth forever. Even an heritage unto Israel his servant, for his mercy endureth forever. Who remembered us in our low estate, for his mercy endureth forever, and hath redeemed us from our enemies. For his mercy endureth forever, who giveth food to all flesh. For his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word, and let God's people say praise the Lord. And you may be seated. I have taught from this passage a couple of times in the many years that I've been here, and the last I checked, it was 1999. I, I doubt most of you were even born in 1999, <laughs> and uh, maybe you weren't here. So I'm going to enlarge a little bit on this passage of Scripture, Psalm 136. Some translate, His mercy endureth for, uh, forever, His love is eternal. Some translate it his steadfast love. Some translate it his loving kindness is everlasting. The word that's translated mercy is the Hebrew word kesed, which means grace and favor and mercy and pity. It's probably the Hebrew equivalent of the New Testament word that's translated grace. So we're talking about the grace of God expressed in the mercy of God. 
Now, I have divided this psalm into seven sections, and I'm going to tell you what they are, and then we're going to cover it. The first is this. We are facing Thanksgiving this week, right? So I'm going to tell you from this psalm some things that I'm thankful for, that the psalmist was thankful for, and that we all ought to be thankful for. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, it says, for his mercy endureth forever. Here are the seven things. We are thankful to the Lord for what he is. That's the first three verses. We're thankful to the Lord for what he is able to do. That is verse four. We are thankful to the Lord for what he has done in creation. Verses five through nine. We're thankful to the Lord for our redemption. Verses 10 through 15. We are thankful to the Lord for his providential blessings. Verses 16 through 22. We are thankful to the Lord for his grace and mercy to us. Verses 23 and 24. And we are thankful to the Lord for his grace to the world in general. So let's look at this psalm. First of all, we are thankful to the Lord. We give thanks and praise and honor and glory and blessing to the Lord for what he is. What does it say in the very first verse? It says, we give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. He is good. He is good itself. He alone is good. Remember when a man came to Christ and said, good master, what must I do that I might inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, why you call me good? There's none good but one, that is God. Well, if Jesus is not God, then he's not good. Right? And if he's not good, he's not God. God is good. He alone can do good. Romans chapter 3, there's none that doeth good, no, not one. He can do nothing but good. When he created the world, it said, behold, it is very good. He's good to his people. You should be able to count your blessings today. He manifests his goodness to his people through Christ his Son. He saves us according to his good pleasure. He works all things for the good of those who, whom he calls. He is good. Here's something else we're thankful for. We're thankful that he is God. It says in verse 2, O give thanks unto the God of gods. That word there is the word Elohim. Elohim, the supreme one, the supreme God. He alone is God. He's God all by himself. He's God of all so-called gods. He's God over rulers, over judges, over kings, over presidents. And it says he's Lord. That's a shortened form of Adonai. It means master. He's master of everything. He's ruler of everyone. He's the boss. He's the superintendent. He's the CEO of the universe. <laughs> He made the universe, he commands the universe. And he can do with the universe what he wants to. Cannot I do what I will with my own? When we were talking the other morning at Cracker Barrel, some of us men, all of us have a tendency, all of us, including your speaker this morning, we all talk about all of the things that are happening. And when you watch the news, you, you come away with a, in the doldrums, because of all the bad things, because of the uh, computer 
generated news that we have, we can find out about things instantly. But when we were talking about those things and how bad things were, and it looked like the way that they're going, I said, but there's one thing, there's a God. (laughs) And there's a God who is over this world. And he controls the world, and he may permit some things, but it's going to come out for his glory and for the good of his people. We're thankful this morning. I'm thankful that God is good and that he alone is God. So we we give him thanks and we praise him for what he is. Secondly, we thank him for what he is able to do. You look at verse 4, to him who alone does or doeth great wonders. He is an active God. He is a living God. The word translated doeth is the Hebrew word asaw, and it means he fashions, he executes, he prepares, he performs, he maintains. And it says he does only great things. Nothing he does is small or insignificant. They're great in magnitude, they're great in extent, they're great in number, they're great in intensity. Can you count the stars? They're great in importance. He sustains the universe. He doeth great wonders. The Hebrew word is parlor. That is, he does things that we can only open our mouth and say, wow. We can't understand what he does and how he does it. He does great wonders. He upholds the world and suspends it on nothing. He takes things that don't exist and speaks to them as though they did. He does great wonders, wonderful things, marvelous things, extraordinary things, difficult things, impossible things. Nothing is impossible with him. The creation out of nothing, ex nihilo. God spoke and the world was created. He did not create it out of anything. According to Hebrews 11 verse 3, He did not make things that are seen out of things that were already in existence. In other words, this idea of matter being eternal is a bunch of bunk. He created matter, and then out of matter, he created everything else. Number three, we are thankful to him for what he's done in creation. That's verses five through nine. He tells us in verse five, he made the heavens. The heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens, according to Psalm 19, shows his handiwork. The seat of his throne is in heaven. The heavens speak of his sovereign will and that it is always done in the earth as it is in heaven. You see, when Jesus taught us to pray, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, that doesn't imply that it won't be done. It doesn't imply it won't be done unless we pray for it to be done. What we have to do is come into conformity with his will. Prayer is not to change God. Prayer is something God uses to change us. He brings us into submission to his will so that we're able to say, Thy will be done in earth as it is done in heaven. The heavens testify of the immutability of God. That is, that he doesn't change. His unchangeableness. The heavens witness to us of the power of God. What mighty bodies he has formed, each of them different, 
to fulfill its appointed rounds. Now, with the uh, scientific uh, microscopes or whatever they have, telescopes that they have, now they find out that there's just multitudes of universities, multitude universities out there, universities, multitudes. We're just in one little part of one part of a... Uh, I, I laughed the other day when they're talking about sending something to the moon, and I told Lynn, that said, that's just like an ant that crawls about a quarter of an inch. An ant crawls a quarter of an inch, and he says, boy, look what I've done. And so we've gone to the moon, which is 186,000 miles away. We haven't gone anywhere. We haven't begun to commence to get started yet. This is a huge thing. The heavens testify of the power of God, the immutability of God. Uh, the heavens show the wisdom of God. Look at how all those heavenly bodies move freely in space and they never collide. They never change. The heavenly system moves systematically like a great complicated piece of marvelous machinery. The heavens speak of the peace of God. How many times have you just laid down on the ground, look up on a night that's a quiet summer night, and oh, the stillness and the peace that comes. On a clear night, study the heavens. We sing in December about the birth of Christ. All is calm and all is bright. Then he tells us in verse 6 that he stretched out the earth above the waters. He made the atmosphere that encircles the earth. And then he made the earth to cover the seas. Genesis chapter 1 verse 9, God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called to dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Both the earth and the waters were created purposely, and they were purposely designed in their relationship to, to each other for the benefit of life on earth. If the moon was a little bit closer, the tides on earth would completely submerge all the land twice a day. But the Lord said to the waves, in the Bible it says, He said, Hitherto shalt thou proud ways be stayed, hitherto shalt thou come, and no further. The, 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 the distance of the sun from the earth, if it were closer, we'd all be burned up. If the moon was closer, we'd be flooded. All this is by design. He did all of this on purpose. Then verses 5 through 9, he made the great lights of heaven. How could we see at night without the stars and the moon? How could the earth be warmed, bring forth the fruits without the sun? The sun shines in the day by the order of the God who has established it and not for any natural cause. I think it was Copernicus who called the sun the lantern of the world. The sun enables us to work while it is day, and the moon enables us to rest while it is night. The revolutions of the sun mark out the seasons in the year. The revolution of the moon marks out the months. The moon's gravitational pull upon the earth greatly influences our weather, including, as I have mentioned, the wind currents and the ebb and flow of the oceans. And without the stars, navigation on the seas would be impossible. 
All of these things were designed by God. So remember, we thank him for that. We thank him also in the fourth place for redeeming his people from bondage. That's verses 10 through 15. To redeem his Old Testament people, it says in verse 10, he smote Egypt in their firstborn. Now the Lord is determined that he's going to have a people. And he will destroy nations that get in his way. He will destroy nations that refuse to bow to his will, and he will deal with individuals if they refuse to submit. We never consider in America that a lot of our problems is because God is giving us problems. He's giving us problems to make us look up. Instead, we just go on and become more hardened and more determined than ever that we're going to resist him. Lynn and I saw an ad last night on television. It was on the news. Maybe some of you saw it. There was this great big ape, this gorilla. And uh, the announcer said, and now we're going to have a tender and wonderful moment. And they had this great big gorilla, and in front of the great big gorilla, there's a blue blanket. And what's happened is in the blanket, there's this mother gorilla's baby. And when she smelled her baby, she moved that blanket and she picked that baby up and she did like that. And I said, yeah, they're running ads to move our hearts about a gorilla taking care of her baby while we march in the streets and say, let us kill ours. Is that not right? That's exactly right. That's exactly what we're doing in the United States. Well, when you mess with God, you're messing with somebody that's too big. You're messing with somebody that's too big to mess with. And it says right here that they praised him because he smote Egypt in their firstborn. Egypt got in the way, and God categorically and systematically destroyed every single god and goddess by the plagues that he brought on Egypt that Egypt worshipped. And when he left Egypt, he left it in shambles, and all of their gods were exposed as no gods at all. And he will deal with individuals if they refuse to submit. Egypt is the great example, the great historical example. Then it says in verse 11 that he brought out Israel from among them. The world's still talking about that great immigration. Over three million persons brought out from a nation without forming an army or firing a shot or drawing a sword. Didn't have to do anything. They were liberated from 430 years of service in Egypt, of slavery. He brought them out with their livestock. He brought them out with the wealth of the Egyptians. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 12, all the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and clothing. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that the Egyptians lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. What kind of crazy spirit came over the Egyptians? They said, hey, we want you out, and here are all our diamond rings, here are our necklaces, here's our gold, just get out, just get out of here. And when Israel left, they left wealthy. Who did that? Well, the Lord did it. Without firing a shot, without drawing a sword, without forming an army. 
He brought them out of Egypt with a strong hand, it says in verse 12. Verse 12, with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm. In other words, it was absolutely clear that God was doing this. So great was the power and so wonderful the plagues and the eventual deliverance of Israel from Egypt that everybody had to say, this is God doing this. The redemption of Israel, verse 12, was with a strong hand, not a weak one, and with a stretched out arm. This shows God's absolute sovereignty. Listen to Isaiah the prophet. For the Lord has purposed, and who shall disannul it? His hand is stretched out, and who shall turn it back? Then it says in verse 13, he divided the Red Sea into parts. With the blast of his nostrils, he divided the Red Sea. Exodus chapter 15, verse 8 says, With the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. God opened up a, a thing for them to, uh, a, a place, a space in the, in the Red Sea. And he, with his breath of his nostrils, how do you dry your hair when you shampoo it and wash it? You use a hair blower, don't you? Well, God, with the breath of his nostrils, divided that water and dried that land. So that when they walked across, they walked across on dry land. You couldn't walk across on mud that was up to your knees. You couldn't bring those chariots across there. You know, I hesitate to do it because I repeat these stories all the time, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you this story again about the little boy uh, and his Sunday school teacher was trying to destroy his faith in the Scripture. And his Sunday school teacher said, look, that wasn't the Red Sea, that was the Reed Sea. And what happened, the water undercut the banks way back upstream and the banks fell down and it stopped the water and they were able to get across that way. And the little boy said, golly, it's a bigger miracle than I thought. He said, what do you mean? He said, well, the Bible says that he drowned all of Pharaoh's army. So he drowned them in a foot of water. Bigger miracle than I thought it was, he said. No, God dried that land, and they crossed over on dry land. And then when his people were across, he withdrew his breath, and the water returned and drowned the Egyptians' entire fighting fleet. It says in verse 14 that he made Israel to pass through the midst of the Red Sea. Now what that means is he made them willingly pass through. He, he opened it up, but they were afraid. He gave them the courage. He gave them the strength to go through it. If it is as it is pictured on television with those two walls of water, you can imagine. Let's suppose you have a wall of water as high as this wall is, and a wall as high as that is, and it opens up, and you have to grow in between it with that water going up like that. God gave them the courage and he gave them the strength to go through and not one of them was lost. Now, the Lord doesn't always remove all the dangers and all of the difficulties, but he does make a way through them. And it says in verse 15 that he overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. Now listen to me now. The same God who saved some, destroyed others. 
He's the author of mercy, and he's the author of judgment. And the same substance that is necessary, absolutely vital for life, water, he used also as a destructive tool when he destroyed Pharaoh's army. If he so pleases, he can take things that are no danger at all and make them dangerous. The wicked cannot walk when the Egypt tried to cross, the waters came back, the wicked can't walk where the children of God walk. That highway is a highway of holiness and can only be walked by faith. Isaiah spoke of it in Isaiah chapter 35. In part of that passage, verses 3 through 8, he says this, And a highway shall be there, and a way that shall be called the way of holiness, and the unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. God opens up a way that only the people of God can walk. Further, we praise him for his providential blessings. Verses 16 through 22. It says he led his people through the wilderness. Verse 16. That is, the whole time they were wandering, he was leading. They may have thought they were wandering aimlessly, but the Lord was leading them. And the scripture says he preserved their bodies and he protected them and their clothes for 40 years. Listen to this. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Moses said to Israel, Thou shalt remember all the way whence the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. He led you to humble you and to prove you and to know what is in your heart. And he humbled thee and he suffered thee to hunger and he fed thee with manna, manna which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Your Your clothing did not wax old upon you, neither did your foot swell these 40 years. God did that. We're thankful for a God like that. Then it says in verses 17 through 22 that he killed great and famous kings and he gave Israel their land. Now you may find it as a surprise, but the God of the Bible kills people. Proverbs 16, 33, He that hears the word of the Lord and hardens his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Read the book of Acts where Ananias and Sapphira lied about selling their land and they both died. They both fell at the apostles' feet. The Lord is the God of life and he's the God who can open the ways of death. God has in history destroyed rich and famous people if they have endangered his people and his purpose. And he can take the wealth of those who worship it and he can give it to those who worship him. And he has done that. All of the land and the wealth of this earth belongs to the Lord. Don't ever get the idea that that's your house you're living in. That's God's house. That's God's automobile. It's nice for you to give a ride to somebody in God's automobile. Nice for you to open up your home for somebody. That's the Lord's house. Everything on this earth belongs to him. He's given it to us and under a stewardship. 
How are we using it? How are we going to use what he's given us for his honor and for his glory? All of the land, all of the wealth belongs to the Lord, and he will distribute it to whom he pleases as he pleases. In other words, the victory is the Lord's. These kings and their people were hardened men of war, but Israel didn't even have a trained army, and Israel was victorious. We thank him and we praise him, verses 23 and 24, for his grace and his mercy, such as we are. Look at verses 23 and 24. He remembered us in our low estate. He redeemed us from our enemies. That's not only true of Israel, it is true of ourselves. Our enemies are our sins. We are our worst enemy. He remembered us. He remembered, he remembered, he remembered. I think of the thief on the cross. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. This tells us that the Lord thinks upon us. He takes notice of us. He has had compassion upon us. He is well pleased with us through faith in his son for his mercy's sake. He has heard us and he has granted our request. You remember King Hezekiah? King Hezekiah was told, get your house in order, you're going to die. And he said he turned his face to the wall and he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord told Isaiah, who was leaving, go back. Go back and tell King Hezekiah, I'm going to give him 15 more years. I give him 15 more years. And then Hannah, you remember Hannah, the mother of Samuel, couldn't have any children? She cried to the Lord and the Lord heard her. And when I cried to the Lord, the Lord heard me. That's why I'm standing here today teaching you God's word. Because the Lord heard me. And he has helped me. And he has redeemed me. Verse 24. This word translated redeem here is a word that means to pull back. To pull us away. To break us off in a vigorous or violent manner. In other words, our sin and our enemies wouldn't let us go. Who's our great enemy? The devil. They wouldn't let us go, and so the Lord pulled us away from them. He has delivered us from the punishment of sin, from the power of sin, and eventually from the very presence of sin. We thank him for this, and we thank him for his grace to the world in general. Look at verse 25. He gives food to all flesh. People in this world and animals in this world, he takes care of them, even though they don't know him, even though they don't give him the praise. You know, it was Charles Spurgeon that said he made a chicken in such a way that the chicken has to lift up his head as if to praise the Lord in order to swallow water. He's made him to give praise to him. And animals... You know, I said to the Lord the other day, there's a cat that has adopted us. And uh, we've taken care of this cat. I feed this cat two or three times a day, put food out. Had to bring it in the other night because the raccoon was getting. <laughs> but this cat has adopted us. And I, said to, I say to that cat all the time, you know what? You're bringing glory to God by being what he made you to be, a cat. And I have to struggle in my flesh, to be what he's made me to be. 
That cat doesn't have any struggle. That dog doesn't have any struggle. Those, those uh, geese and ducks, they don't have any struggle. That squirrel, they're doing and being what God made them to be. And what we want to do is go our own way and do our own thing. We have a struggle with being what he wants us to be, what he has made us to be, which is vessels of glory and vessels of mercy. It says here that he has provided food for all flesh. He's provided all things, and that is a witness, that's an evidence of the Lord's bountiful goodness to all the world. The air we breathe and the food we eat and the clothes we wear and the health we enjoy and the houses that we live in all come from the Lord. The scripture says that he makes his sun shine on the just and the unjust. The saved and the lost. They enjoy those who hate God, who will not have anything to do with Christ, who are lost. They enjoy just as much of the goodness of the Lord in this world as the children of God do. So I wonder, dear friends, how can we eat a meal and not thank Him for it? How can we walk a step and not thank Him for it? How can we be a thankful and praising people? We should be a thankful and praising people. We ought not to be ashamed of our great God and our Lord who's given us all things, including His only begotten Son. Then notice, verse 26, O give thanks unto the God of heaven, for His mercy endureth forever. The psalm began with giving thanks to Yahovah, Yahovah, the self-existing one. And it ends with praising Him as the God of heaven. So we're thankful that our God needs nothing outside of himself. He's the only of all the gods. He's the only self-sufficient God. We're thankful that he rules from heaven, that he came from heaven to take us to heaven. If you look at this passage, there are 26 everlastings in this chapter. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. So have you sinned? Well, he is everlastingly full of pardon. You know the word thankful, the English word thankful? You know what it means? It just means being full of thanks. Grateful means being full of gratefulness, of grace. We need to be thankful, full of thanks to the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Our Father, we call upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, your kindness. Thank you for your long suffering and patience with us. Father, we give you thanks for our great salvation. We give you thanks for all that you've provided for us. We pray, Father, that you would get hold of this nation and turn us again to thee that we shall be saved, that the judgment that is upon us now and the judgment that is increasing might be turned away by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that it might please you, Father, to have mercy upon us. For we are as David who prayed for his son, while his son was yet alive, he knew not what the will of the Lord was. We pray as did Hezekiah, 
While you're on the throne, we do not know, but that you might change. You might send us another message. We pray as did Jonah, who was told to preach to the city of Nineveh. And all the while, you had planned to show mercy to them. Father, help us to be faithful in preaching and teaching thy word without compromise, without fear, and without shame, that we might be bold believers of the Lord Jesus Christ, sending forth the word of life unto the dead, praying for them, reaching out to them, that they might be saved. And knowing the judgment of God, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for his sake. Amen. Well, let's stand together. Under the blood of Jesus, safe in the shepherd's fold. Under the blood of Jesus, safe while the as I let you go, let me remind you of this track and those other two. You're free to take all of them. If we use them all up, we'll print some more of them. Great track. I want you to pray for Wendy Smith. Bob is here today. Wendy's in uh, Florida. You know, Florida's been uh, hit by hurricanes. They survived them. They're trying to wrap up things down there and move back this way. I'd like you to pray for Wendy and for Bob. Good to see you today, brother. And uh, let's not forget Shirley Murphy. Shirley is uh, weak and small, lost a lot of weight. Her mind is still good. And let's pray for uh, her, and let's pray for uh, all of those, uh, like Wallace Haddon, uh, that we know of, uh, uh, Calvin's wife, Judy LePetri, and there are others who are sick, who are ill. Uh, and uh, let them know you love them. Let them know, call them, and let them know you're praying for them. It means a lot to them. All right, let's bow our heads once more. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord, I pray that you'll bless us as we leave this place. We might be full of your spirit and full of your word. We might go out as lights into a world of darkness, being a witness by our actions and even by our words of the grace of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray that you'll bless us, use us, glorify yourself through us. In the name of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, I pray for his sake. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.